It's exactly three weeks until we're launching Alpha this fall at the Lifehouse Center and online. And plans are coming together. God has brought together an amazing team of volunteers and we're so excited for what he has in store for us this fall. But we still need you, church, to partner with us in order for this to be a success. And we need your help in two key ways right now. Number one, that you would be praying for those that God has called to be part of Alpha this fall. And number two, that you would be part of inviting people to join us. There's a scripture in Romans 10 verses 14 to 15 that says this, How then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Listen, church, just as the Father sent Jesus, Jesus is sending us. And I wonder what would happen if every single one of us just invited one person just one person to join us at the office or online for Alpha this fall. Why not take a moment right now to ask God whom he would have you invite to join us for Alpha at Lifehouse? Hi everyone. We know that God is able to do exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine. He is a generous and a loving father who withholds no good thing from his children. It's a joy to bring our tithes and offerings to God as we remember that everything good comes from him and he is the source of every provision and blessing. You can give your tithes and offerings in a variety of ways through our website, our e-transfer, or you can scan the QR code. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you are a generous and a loving Father who takes care of the needs of your children. Thank you that in you there is always more than enough. Help us to trust you as our provider and be generous like our Father. Amen. This is the third and final message in our video series, Life Shared. And I hope that as you've been journeying with us that you are more convinced than ever that God is at work in the lives of the people around you and that he's invited you to partner with him in seeing hearts changed and lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. If you haven't had a chance to see the previous two videos, I want to encourage you to go back and watch them as well, because there's some really incredible testimonies and powerful truths that I feel like as a church that we need to get a hold of. Today's video that we're watching is called Take a Step. And we're going to be getting very practical and looking at specific actions that you can take in order to introduce the people around you to Jesus. So I just want to encourage you to get ready. I want to encourage you to position your hearts as disciples of Jesus Christ, not just to be hearers of the word this morning, but to be doers of it. Now, let's get ready for this powerful message entitled, Take a Step.
there was a big idea from our first session in the series, it would probably be that God is already at work all around you, transforming lives. And if there's a big idea from the second session, it might be that God's inviting you and I to join him in that transforming work. Now we're in our third and final session, and the big idea for today is around what practical actions you can take to respond to all of this. We wanna look at day-to-day -day activities that you can do that will set you up to engage in this work God's inviting us to. And I'm so glad we're talking about this because it'd be such a shame for us to just talk around ideas of reaching others without actually looking at how to do it. I am aware though, that whenever we talk about practical steps to sharing our faith, that it can sometimes feel like formulaic or impersonal instead of relational and loving. So instead of seeing this all as like a formula, the practical actions we wanna explore in this session are more like a way of living that can position us to step into the work God's doing around us. I was on staff at a large church and I loved what I did, but I had a crisis um, one day, a normal day like any other day, when I came home and my wife had just started inviting neighbors over to share a meal with us. She'd rolled the grill out and as people were coming home, she just said, why don't you come over and we'll share a meal together. And all of a sudden I realized all these people that surrounded me, I didn't even know their names. I was a professional Christian. My job was to help a church get to know the city and the neighborhood. And I didn't even know the people that surrounded my apartment complex. And as we got to know them at that meal, um, we started to share life with these people, people who were going through domestic violence things and dealing with addictions and Folks that had all kinds of problems when I was used to getting into my car to drive to do church ministry stuff when there were needs all around me. And in a sense, we became the pastors of that apartment complex. So when we went to move to Denver to plant a church, we decided we want to take the great commandment literally, not figuratively, literally, which meant we needed to know the names of the neighbors of the people that surround us to love them, to serve them, to pray for them. And well, that shaped what became our church. Everyone that came with us, we made a commitment to spend time in our front yards, to share meals with people in our homes, to hear their stories, to pray for them, to pray with them, and learn how to live life together. And in this, I think we took the great commandment literally to love God and love your neighbor as yourself and your neighbor actually includes your literal neighbor. And so that small step opened us up to actually thinking about how cities might change. What if everybody took that seriously? What if everyone that says that they follow Jesus took that seriously? But what if everybody took that seriously? We might just see a ripple effect in every city that we're in. Instead of trying to do everything out there, what if we started right in here? The step to take is really simple. It requires walking the 20 or 30 feet and doing this really complicated maneuver, which is knocking on their door and then saying, hi, I live over here. I don't know your name. I've not had a chance to meet you. If you're new in a neighborhood, it goes better. But if you've been there a while, it can be even more awkward. And here's why. Because you probably knew their name at some point. Like you met them at one point, 
and they've just become like cat lady or hey, what's up, dude, bro, man. And you have these super shallow conversations that usually revolve around the local sports team or a restaurant that came to town. And you have to go over a little speed bump, this little teeny speed bump that's awkward, where you say, I know I should know your name. I am so sorry, but I can't remember it. And then my recommendation is that you write it down. Uh, we use a little tool that we call Block Map. It's effectively a tic-tac-toe board. Just on your refrigerator, make a tic-tac-toe board and just write the names of your neighbors. And that way, when you look at them, you can start to remember them. And who knows? You might even start to pray for them. And who knows even further? God might actually begin to break your heart for them. When you get to know someone's name, something strange happens in our minds where we begin to connect to their story. And we begin to remember parts of their story and remember their name. And it's the most dignified thing we can do for others is to know their name, capture pieces of their story as a means of demonstrating we care about them. And I think that's what Jesus asks us to do. He asks us to love people. And by this, we show that we're his disciples. That can start somewhere simple by knowing their name, capturing a bit of their story, and then reflecting that back to them. And if you already know the names of your neighbors, here's another, another step you can take, which is maybe you could share a meal with them. Here's a guess about all your neighbors. I have a guess. They probably eat food. Another guess. They probably eat food around the same time you eat food. And if you make a little extra food and you let them bring some of their food, you can actually share a meal together. And sharing a meal together is one of the most intimate things you can do. And it's actually one of the most simple things you can do. I believe that evangelism moving forward will be mostly lived out and worked out through hospitality. That people will open their homes and open their lives to connect with others in a way that they can see the life of Jesus and the hope that God has in their lives by just looking at them, by sharing space with them, by sharing time with them. This is what Jesus modeled. I mean, if you take the parties out of the New Testament, you don't have a New Testament. If you take meals and the connection that we have around food from the whole of the Bible, you don't have a story of the Bible. You take the Passover away. That's a big thing to take away from the Bible. Sharing space and time together where we open our hearts up, we ask questions, and we live life together is best done around food and around the meal and in a place where people feel welcomed. We all have a part to play, and God is so well-pleased to use every single one of us if we're willing. If we say, God, use me, he can use you no matter what. My mom left when I was a baby, and my dad raised me until I was four. My dad thought it was best for me to go to Germany to grow up with his sister. I remember the other day when we went to the airport, 
And I remember holding on to that gate because I didn't want to leave him. I um, hated my father for leaving me, right? Sending me somewhere I don't know. When I was seven, I got abused from a neighbor. I hated God. I hated him for all the stuff I went through. And I was like, oh, if you exist, why would you, like, do this to me, you know? I um, was looking for a nanny job, and I saw Stephanie's post. You know, I just put an ad out there for a nanny. And so the day that she walked in, we kind of just thought, you know what, this, this makes a ton of sense. Let's just do this. Matt was on the phone and he was like, yeah, we would love to have you as Riley's nanny and we would welcome you to our family. And I was like, what? This is crazy. We have so many people coming through this house and she would ask, like, who are all these people? You know, they babysit your kids and they come over here and play with your kids. And like, why would they do that? So oh, they love our kids. You know, we're really involved with each other. We love each other. We're, we're all part of the same community. She said, well, I'd love to check that out. So Matt and Steph invited me to church. It was weird because I'm like, never went to church ever. They were just so nice and so welcoming, right? And I was like, oh, this is like a different experience. Like, I like going there. I think we were advertising for Alpha. Alpha was just coming back. And I said, you know, this is, would be a great way for you to learn more about what, who Jesus is. And I was like, okay, fine, I'm gonna go meet new people. <laughs> and yeah, that was the reason why I went to Alpha. First night, I didn't really interact with much with other people. I just like listened and was quiet, I think, the first night. The second night, the third night, I felt like, oh, this is like, really powerful, right? Like, I started, like, engaging more and, like, asking questions. I think it was the time when it was about forgiveness. It was just so powerful that, you know, he forgave us for everything we did and that he still loves us, right? How can he, like, love me? When I did like so many stuff, you know, how can I forgive myself? How can I forgive people who hurt me? I think that was the moment when the dog I had inside went away and the light came through. Yeah. When you came home uh, and told us that, you know, you wanted to be baptized, obviously we're really excited for her. And then when she asked me to baptize her, I was floored. It was really exciting. Well, it was actually so easy. That's the other thing I can't get over is that I really did so little to like, introduce you. I mean, so much of it is you just hearing what was true and then just running with it and diving in. Not everyone does that. But then I just feel like I'm getting so much credit for doing no, so little. I mean, just saying, it's go. Not, it's not little. It's like a big... You know, it's huge for you guys to like bring me into your home, you know, trusting me, being in your house and taking care of your daughter. 
you know, like showing me this, like, oh man, this is this great love God has for you. You know, you should come and experience it too. You know, it's like, it, yeah. it, you know, without you, I don't think I would have it now. So, yeah. <laughs> When I first heard Jay Pathak talk about loving our neighbors, what stood out to me was how accessible it all felt. Praying for people by name, getting to know my neighbors, extending invitation. It's stuff I can do, it's easy. Well, I know it's not easy, but it's easier than how I often make it. And I guess what I mean is these are the kind of practices that you and I can build into our lives right away. But I don't want you to feel like, you know, all this pressure to do it all at once. Just start small, take one idea and put it into action. Start praying for people that you work with by name or introduce yourself to your neighbor or invite a friend to church or to Alpha or to a meal at your home. I found that it's often these small steps that lead to unexpected opportunities. So whatever you do, don't do nothing. Take a step and see what God might do with it. You know, this whole series was meant to help spark a conversation that can lead to new engagement with God and other people in your life. And the beauty of starting the conversation as a group like you've done is that whatever next steps you take, you get to walk them out together, which is way more meaningful and way more fun. And as you share your life and share your faith in Jesus with others, you will get a front row seat to see people's lives transformed by the love of God. Wow, thanks for joining us today, friends. I don't know about you, but today's message for me is relatively simple, but at the same time, it is incredibly challenging because it forces us to ask ourselves questions like, do I actually love my neighbors as I love myself? And more than that, do I even know my neighbors? Sometimes it's easy to get comfortable in our Christian circles and almost to forget that Jesus has called us and empowered us to carry on his mission of going and making disciples of all nations. In that going, it's not a if I go or a when I go. There's an expectation that all of us right now are going. And so I just want to encourage you in where you're at right now to stop and think how, can, how you can respond to this message today. What are some practical actions that you can take right now in getting to know your neighbors, in loving your neighbors, in representing Jesus to your neighbors? Maybe it starts with just simply praying for the people around you. Maybe it's walking across the street and introducing yourself to your neighbor and then going and writing down your name. Maybe it's inviting someone to join us on Alpha. Regardless, God is at work in the lives of the people around you. He's invited you to partner with him in that work. And he's called us to take steps of love and of sharing his good news right here, right now. That's all for today, church. I just want to encourage you, if you're not yet part of a life group, I want to invite you to go online, lifehousechurch.ca slash lifegroups, and find a life group that works for you. Get connected. Experience the joy of belonging and being part of a community where you're encouraged to grow together in Christ. Uh, we're excited to see you outdoors at our service here at LifeHouse. And if you would like to be part of that, we'd encourage you to 
Go and check your email where you can register to join us on Sunday outside. If you're not able to do that or you're not comfortable with that right now, you can also just join us online where we continue to have our online gatherings together. That's it for this week. Whether we see you in person or online next week, we want you to know we love you, we are thankful for you, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon. God bless you. Love you all.